Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Thriving Minds podcast. I am Professor Selena Bartlett. Today, we're joined by the co-founders of Blue Phoenix, Susanna Free, Andrew McLean, and Tracy Bradford are coming into us today. We've got a three-way conversation, which is really exciting, and our first one. Uh, Susanna, would you like to start and tell the audience a little bit about who you are? Because I believe this may have been partly your brainchild. Yes, that's correct, Selena. And it's got a big history behind it. Um, I'm actually a trained nurse. I come from Tasmania. Uh, I uh, first became ill uh, with bipolar. On the birth of my first child, I had a postpartum depression, which was untreated and undiagnosed. And uh, that was in spite of the fact that I told both my doctor and my mother what was happening and they laughed at me. So that was not a very pleasant experience. And my experience with mental health issues has not been a very pleasant experience. Uh, I had a, a quite a tumultuous marriage breakdown. Uh, I left Tasmania. I came to Brisbane. I discovered Stepping Stone, which is where we're recording from today, uh, and that actually helped a lot with my recovery. Uh, I have pursued uh, mostly an educational um, bias, uh, um, which is what has helped me uh, along. It's helped me in my recovery. Uh, and um, as a result of that, I went along to the Australian Catholic University and I uh, uh, did some uh, um studies there in humanities, uh, which gave me a liberal arts certificate. And through that, I met up with people there who were like-minded, who were frustrated with the rate of progress in mental health, you know, just, just, just mental health concerns generally, both in the clinical space and in the public space. So we became frustrated about that. We began talking about that. And, and, and that was how Blue Phoenix was born. It was born out of those conversations and getting together and Andrew and Tracy, uh, you know, became part of that. Such yes. brilliant story. Thank you for starting that, Susanna. Really, really grateful. Um, Andrew, do you want to tell the audience who you are? Sure. So I trained as a chemical engineer at um, the University of Queensland. I did some practice professionally in Queensland and, and in Tasmania for up to three years. And during the time in Tasmania, I fell ill. I came back home for treatment with a psychiatrist in Queensland and was diagnosed with schizoaffective disorder. I, I've been a member of Stepping Stone since 2006, where we're recording today, and I was introduced to Susanna as her assistant with her Clementi <laughs> studies at the Australian Catholic <laughs> University. <laughs> I did a lot of typing for assignments and editing. <laughs> Absolutely loved the experience. So I felt like I was going back to uni at the same time as I was supporting Susanna. And then she invited me along to one of the meetings at Blue Phoenix to see what I thought, and I've been going back ever since. And, and we have to put it out there and everyone needs to know because big. Sh I'm so glad you mentioned it. Big shout-out to Stepping Stones. Um, and, Andrew, you have a huge – all of you do, uh, but, Andrew, you have a huge role there, don't you? Yes, I come in here pretty well five days a week to volunteer my time. So it's a, a program that helps people recover and rebuild their lives uh, through meaningful work and meaningful relationships with staff and members. And we're at Cooperoo, uh, 
at 61 Holsworth Street, Unit 9. So we're on the website, um, Stepping Stone Clubhouse, if you want to check us out. And I have to say, Andrew's made me a great coffee when I was there. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. He's pretty great on the cappuccinos. So, Tracy, do you want to tell everyone who you are? Yes, I'm, um, or I have been in the past, a registered nurse, um, which is obviously physical health. Um, Then I moved into mental health, um, became an art psychotherapist. Um, Also experienced, um, you know, had lived experience of suffering, which I think to all people at different times of their life, um, you know, can experience. So um, I had undiagnosed um, mental health issues. Um, and it's looking at, um, I, because of my studies, I listened to a um, educational video um, that Andrew and um, some of his other colleagues were part of and reached out to them and that formed a connection between oh, them. What, what was that educational video, Tracy, for people listening if they want to find Sounds out? Sounds like a therapy, Matthew Darlitz. It was by Matthew Darlitz. Um, who's fantastic, I suppose, filmmaker, very creative person and has put out wonderful educational, um, you know, films um, and teachings. Um, that particularly one was on schizophrenia. Um, but just the way that he um, he talks about mental health um, is um, just a different approach than normal medical models. Mm-hmm. Um and so, yeah, that was absolutely excellent. And because I lived in the Sunshine Coast um, and Stepping Stones was in Brisbane, it was an easy connection and that led to being part of Blue Phoenix, which, you know, is about changing, you know, changing minds, changing like your thriving <laughs> minds um, and about, you know, stigma and changing people's perspectives on yes. how to see each other. So let's talk to that, Susanna. Um, the, the video is available. The video is available on our Blue Phoenix website. We have a website, uh, www.yourbluephoenix.org. Uh, the video is available on there. Matthew is doing a series of documentaries. Uh, he is working currently on one on bipolar, which I'm part. Uh, and that, once it's available, uh, will also be available on our website. Yes. So let's talk, Susanna, about uh, Blue Phoenix mission a little bit here because this lived experience is so critically important to let change the narrative, change the stories that we keep yes. telling about. Because, I mean, and you, all of you know why I'm here too because I wished my sister's experience was a lot different to what it was. Um, let's talk about Blue Phoenix's mission. I, I came across you just by chance watching the ABC <laughs> <laughs> and, and and then I was like, wow, I'm signing up to that. That's fantastic. And that was when you were doing your quilt project. But let's talk about the first of all, let's step back and talk about the more global mission of Blue Phoenix and changing people's understanding and narrative around well, what they, well, they don't understand, in my opinion. No, no, no. No, people don't understand. And 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 I don't, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing deliberate about 
about the, the misunderstanding that goes on. People just don't have enough education. And when people think about education, they think about going to university, getting a good job, getting, you know, getting wages, buying a home, all that sort of stuff. For those of us who have been through severe mental health issues, most of us have lost all those things. We've gained those things. We've lost those things. Uh, we at Blue Phoenix are about stigma reduction. We're about myth busting, and we're about thinking differently about mental health issues. And as as a result of that, changing that whole narrative, changing that conversation uh, about people uh, with mental health issues. And you know, we've got a culture here in in Australia, particularly. We've got a culture: don't get involved. Don't get involved. Uh, and, and and our message basically is love your neighbour. Do get involved, you know, and be there for people who are suffering, you know, yes. not to and, be afraid of mental health issues. And I think um, let's just in this little section here, each of you, can you tell me one myth out there that you would love to see busted? People with mental health issues are dangerous. So, uh, Tracy? People can't change. Oh, yes, that's a huge one. That's massive. Uh, Andrew? Recovery is not possible. Oh, I love that. Oh, my God, I'm shaking. They're the three big ones that if imagine the world if we change just those three myths. Uh, I just can't even imagine how beautiful. You know, back in the ancient times, uh, that's what it was like, wasn't it? Very much so. People, people were considered medicine men and women that, uh, you know, that's they were they they were considered to have wisdom beyond our understanding. That's how they were. People that had special talents were treated. I don't know where it switched. What's what's your opinion? I'd love to hear your feedback on where you think it all switched up to where we became thinking those three myths. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm conscious. I remember. When I was going to school, when I was going to high school, uh, it was in Tasmania, and we had a place, it was a big place with a big brick wall with glass on top, and it was the asylum. And that was there where they put everybody who had mental health issues. They didn't even necessarily have to have mental health issues. Sometimes they would get it just because they were deaf or because they had behavioural issues, maybe from uh, autism or whatever else. Uh, but, of course, I had no appreciation of that at the time. I was just a very scared little schoolgirl having to walk past the asylum every day to get to school. Uh, and, and when was that? Um, that, that was back in, oh, golly, no, I'm 75 now. Uh, this, is high, this is high school, first year high school. I was about uh, 12 or 13. So, yeah. Well, I'm yeah. telling you in 1989, my sister was in a lockup ward in North Brisbane. Mm-hmm. So um, we are uh, trying to shift and change it, but it, I feel like it's not changing way fast enough. So, Andrew, I, Andrew, yeah. do you want to talk a little bit about. Um, now, on the same subject area, like what do you think, What what's your opinion about that? Yeah, so like we don't have asylums anymore, but we have locked wards uh, where people are treated in the in- acute inpatient phase and any hospitalisation is traumatic. Um, mm. 
it, the whole process, the whole scenario is traumatic and it makes it much worse for some people with their lived experience of mental illness. Um, be great if we could have a community response where you don't necessarily have to go to a hospital if you're having sort of symptoms and, and you can be treated in the community, which is why Stepping Stone is so good at helping maintain members' uh, mental health and well-being and having that bridge between the clinical services and the community services. Yes, I love that. And it's all about uh, it's all about education, employment, connection, yes, food, right. food and chatting and a place, safe place to be and which is what we all need to be frank. We've lost all of our community too. So Tracy, do you want to add anything to that? Um, I think there's a political change. Um, I think people are willing to speak up. Right. I think um, personally, and you know, I think it's with other people, it's noting that because someone is different to yourself, um, it's more embracing that that difference than saying you're different, we're going to exclude you for whatever reason it is. And I think we're having worked in lots of different hospitals, um, appalled at some of the treatment of mm. people as human beings. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so I personally wanted to make a difference um, and be part of that education educational process which is obviously part of blue phoenix yeah which is fantastic um, yeah fantastic um can we i want to talk now about recovery and healing and change and that those myth busting things that you're doing at blue phoenix can you talk Susanna, and then andrew and then tracy about can you remember the light bulb moment when you thought that recovery was possible and all those myths you were told you like you had the moment like wow i actually am able to do this I can recover can you do you remember that moment or moments uh, well <laughs> in 75 years has been quite a history uh, so there have well I, I mean obviously I wasn't uh, diagnosed I was 27 when I was diagnosed uh, but there have been significant moments but at one stage of the game I was very uh, how can I put it uh, I had a strong um, isolation. Uh, I was separated from my family. My family were fairly much non-supportive anyway. Uh, I became unwell. At one stage of the game, uh, um, uh, my, my son brought uh, a lady to my home. I'd never met her before. And she came bearing flowers and she oh. said, I heard you've been unwell. I bought you some flowers. And that was when, having come from a place of disdain and contempt and all of those things, uh, that was a light bulb moment for me that actually brought home to me my personal worth as a human being and my capacity to overcome uh, what at that particular point in time with a lack of support was a very, very difficult situation. Oh, that's such uh, a beautiful story, Susanna. It gave me courage. It gave me strength. It gave me, it, it just bolstered my, my self-esteem and it made me believe that I was, I was up to the task of recovery. Yeah, oh, that's the beauty inside, inside people that we never talk about, do we? We always talk about the bad stuff, but there are so many beautiful people out there trying to make a difference. Yes, yes. and that that's a gorgeous story because in one of my books, I often write about, and I saw this in for my sister when 
towards the end of her life when she was in and out of hospital, uh, a private clinic, um, I noticed there were no flowers. And I always think about when people have cancer or other diseases, their hospitals are full of flowers. And in the mental hospitals that I was part of, um, there were no flowers. So it's funny that you should say that that flower, and I agree with you, like, don't we all deserve some flowers and and some love and attention? Um, Andrew, do we want to talk about, did, do you have a moment or moments or? Yeah, there was uh, a really bad time after coming back from Tasmania when I was so anxious so I couldn't get out of my room uh, in the family home to engage with my family. That gradually improved over time. But then in 2006, I was in supported accommodation in a hostel and I went along to Stepping Stone and I thought, hey, I could write a resume <laughs> and try and apply for a job in chemical engineering and get back into the field with the support of uh, the staff member here because I came along one day when I was bored and not doing anything, having been introduced to Stepping Stone in the process of being discharged from hospital. And I did the resume. obviously didn't get a job as a chemical engineer, um, but uh, continued in the program. And now I'm here five days a week on the management committee, which is the governing body that oversees the governance of Stepping Stone and... Yeah, I just love coming in each day. Each day is a new challenge. But it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't walked from the hostel in Mullingabba to Cooparoo. That must have been and a hard move for you too with that anxiety of you know, meeting new people. and It was, but, but it eventually came easy seeing the same faces or similar faces over time and you just get accepted in the community here and be part of the the community and belong to it. Um, so yeah, that's... and and while we're on that subject, we recommend anyone come and visit and volunteer or come and help and meet people because it's such a beautiful place in that regard. Yeah, that's uh, right. Tr- Tracy, did you have any light bulb moments that you'd like to share? Yeah. Well, um, I had a relationship with someone who was um, very unwell a lot of the time. Um, and was quite despondent and hopeless about that situation. It was. To be honest, it was actually the video that Andrew was part of that was a light. And then when I met them in person, was very much a light bulb moment because it um, it really was about offering hope to people. And I think one of the things that Andrew um, had stated um, and then when I met them was about living fulfilled lives, that people can live fulfilled lives. It's not just about going into hospital, taking medication, yeah. going to therapy. No, it's not. It's about living this fulfilled life where people have friendships, relationships, you know, they have meaning to their life um, and all things, which goes actually beyond recovery. It's about such a meaningful life. It's about having your human experience that everyone deserves. It just shows you that like each of you too, since I've met you, like you're blossoming and it goes to show you the more you get, people need love and attention. Mm. Everyone does. Well, you've named it, Selena. Yeah. You've named it. The very name of your podcast, Thriving Minds, you know, uh, it's about thriving. It's about. It's not about just taking medication and, and just existing and yeah. just managing to catch the bus or make your meal or remember yeah. the milk or, or whatever else. It's about coming into a place where you can actually grow and develop and thrive and mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so brilliant. It just makes me so happy. I really, honestly, I had heard of Stepping Stones in the early 2000s when my sister was really unwell, but um, I was living in America at the time and I didn't really 
I was on a different pathway in terms of understanding the brain. So I didn't understand this other side that I now really, really understand. And unfortunately it was too late for my sister. Um, but, and I did try and reach out into that space, but I just wasn't across it the same way I understand it now. So, mm -hmm. and I can see it blossoming compared to what it was in the early 2000s as well. Mm -hmm. But let's let's switch over to Blue Phoenix's mission and the Pebble Project. Uh, you did an amazing project last year that end up, which was a quilt mm -hmm. project that ended up hanging up in the in the Queensland Mental Health Commissioner's office um but let's talk about your pebble project because that's going into 2024 and we want and that's the next beautiful idea so do you guys want to talk about how you came up with it and, and well, what your the, aim pebble, is? the pebble project was actually the brainchild of our lovely coach and mentor we have a a, a um a, because uh uh, the means of trying to bring about stigma reduction and myth busting and thinking differently is actually going out telling our stories publicly. We decided we wanted to do a professional job of it. And so we have a coach and mentor who is teaching us uh, about public speaking. She's we, we have regular meetings and we do this every fortnight. We meet every fortnight to improve our public speaking skills. Uh, uh, and it was actually her brainchild uh, about the Pebble Project. But it's about the Pebble being, uh, I mean, like we are the Pebbles. It, it's not just, you know, but the thoughts, the ideas, the articulation, it's bringing out this change idea, this different perspective uh, that helps people to understand things differently. And and, and so they, they, they can shift in their imagination from a, a preconceived notion of helplessness and hopelessness and all that sort of stuff and people not being able to recover to actually put a personal face on that yeah. so that we can go out there and, and people can see that we're but not, not just that more than a personal face you're standing up in public <laughs> and very few people can do that yeah so you're demonstrating like uh, more than just putting a face to it you're demonstrating the power that you have inside yourself um, that and show people that there's not much difference between mm. people. It's just what we've experienced in our life that mostly is outside our own control in many mm. situations. But that is being shaped and honed by Bronwyn's expertise. Absolutely. And helping us to develop our skills. So let's talk about, um, for people listening, tell them what how they can get involved, what your Pebble project involves, what you hope to achieve. Uh, who would you like to respond to that? Well, do you want to start, Andrew or Tracy? Andrew? So essentially what we're doing is dropping pebbles into the community, into the broader world, and the pebbles symbolise um, people's stories or conversations or engagements with people who have um, lived experience of mental illness or hear about lived experience of mental illness. And there's the concept of a ripple effect, which has been done to death, but people generally seem to overlook the fact that in order to create ripples, there is a need to drop pebbles in the first place. So there are the pebbles are a present presentation of perceptions which are not usually considered or embraced by the broader community and even by the participants themselves from time to time. Essentially, we're all pebbles dropped in the waters of the world. Whether we are aware of it or not, we make a difference in the world and it's up to us to choose to what sort of a difference we want to make. 
So brilliant. And Tracy, do you want to expand? Um, well, I'm just uh, the evidence of the ripple effect. <laughs> Here's evidence. Oh, but but let's let's talk to that because that's brilliant. Because we yeah. want we want the other people to come in to the Blue Phoenix uh, experience and mm-hmm. and to be able to thrive yeah. and not just survive. So tell us how. Um, tell us what was the bit and how did it ripple over you and yeah. what can we do to get it, the ripples hitting other people because that's what we want to do right we want to be the pebbles and sometimes it's fear or I think so much of the time it's fear that holds you back it's fear that of and I think you've actually talked in private about this or you know in your, in your talks about this but um, it's fear that stops us reaching out to other people or fear of rejection that we might be you know um, so if if we can just move past that um if that's connection and so that being that pebble when you're out there in the community you're actually helping to walk alongside people to reduce the fear yes um yeah and um because it's really imaginary you know because if you move past that you get that support and that connection and that friendship from others so myself living in the sunshine coast when i listened to the video i made contact and obviously ian and um andrew and ian um were willing to meet up with me, um, you know, both are facing those fears of unknown people. But, you know, we began to form a connection and obviously that then um, led to Blue Phoenix. Yeah, and, and like for, for people listening that do feel afraid to reach out to you, because social anxiety represents yes. about 50% of anxiety I mean, yeah. in terms of the brain, how it works in the brain, and that's from our evolutionary perspective and also we're social species, we're meant to be together. Yeah. But in mental illness, mm. you get separated from your community, don't you? And the whole yeah, experience yeah. is quite traumatizing. Yeah. Uh, and no one wants to talk about it. It's kept secret and shame, which is part of why we need to reduce the stigma. Yeah. I can only speak from my own family experience and my experience with my sister. She was completely isolated mm. at the end of her life. And I feel very ashamed of that. I wasn't living in Brisbane, I was overseas. But this is the fear is not on the person, is it? So if we're feeling, so our aim with Blue Phoenix and for you, what you're doing with this pebble is to recognize if you're feeling strong enough, it's on you to help yes. the person that's yes. not feeling as strong. Yes. And that's what you're trying to say with the ripples, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 That's one of the things that I uh, I mentioned in our event uh, just recently. We're not all in the same boat. We're all in the same storm. Some people come in not, some people come in canoes, some people come, they're just barely holding on to dear life. I love that. I love that story, Susanna, that you told at that launch. Yes, yes. That was a really great metaphor and analogy. And it is up to all of us. It's up to all of us. There's nothing like this struggle. It's a very, very hard struggle. Uh, uh, when you're really badly affected by mental health issues. It's a really hard struggle to get outside of yourself because survival is paramount at that time. And it's very hard to actually make connection with people to go, people sometimes they don't want to know you anyway, they reject you anyway. Uh, because you're presenting differently and um, and as a result it's a bit of a challenge to them. Can I just uh, ask, in, can I step in there for a sec, Susanna, and for each of you to answer, tell us what it's like, what people don't realise, how they react to you and how it makes you feel because that's exactly what happened to my sister as well. And, and it's not just 
outside strangers it's also within close family absolutely that's what happened to me it's what happened to me i i had a domestic violence situation i left tasmania i brought my children to um, Brisbane, but but you see that was unheard of at the time that was 40 years ago that sort of behavior for a woman was unheard of at that time Uh, and i brought my children here but then my sons uh they um they thought that I was a wicked witch of the West because I'd taken them away from their dear sainted father. And they got a lot of this information from relatives, uh, male relatives, who were absolutely aghast uh, that I had actually done what I'd done. Uh, But, uh, I mean, I was then isolated. I was here. I was in Brisbane. I had no friends. I had no family. I had no one. And and so what I did, I did alone Uh, in the light of uh, uh, rejection and hostility and animosity and and, and judgment, criticism, all that stuff, very, very hard stuff. And, and, and to actually try to, to, to be kind to people in that circumstance when, and to understand that people are coming from their own fears, it's a difficult thing to do. It is. It's a yeah. difficult thing to do. It is. It's like we can't, it kind of does something inside us that's hard to understand. But does, do, do Tracy or Andrew want to expand on that, like how it makes you feel when people do that? So when, when you have a mental illness, you're often dismissed as irrelevant or um, incapable or unable to function in an appropriate manner that society considers normal. And you're written off and, you know, people might be well-meaning in saying, well, come on, you can get out of it, just think a bit differently or try a bit harder. Um, but finding a place where you belong and feel acceptance and community and connection um, and being aware of who you are and what you're feeling and just being accepted for that person that you are as a human being is a very challenging thing if you don't have the community around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm following from what Andrew was saying, you know, having been molested as a child, I was very disconnected from myself and moved around a lot, um, in diff- from di- you know, about every two years, moved different countries. So it's very difficult making friendships and connections. Um, it's taken me just about all my life to learn about, you know, how do you um, not to be afraid? It's coming back to that fear thing, you know. Um, so to learn to be connected to myself and learn to be connected to others, it's taken a long time and a lot of um, insight mm. into that. Um but, you know, for me, it was basically fear, fear of people yeah. because of that. So let's talk about just a few little tools or tips that I think people could really learn from that are listening that I have because there's a lot of people, every family is touched in some way, in different ways. So let's let's go to the kindness part of this and give people some what you think. of. You could call it a pebble. You could call it what you like. But what would be like that flower thing like what can people do that are afraid or want to help a family member but don't know how to reach out have had misconceived notions of what mental illness really is anyway can you give them just one or two ideas about how they could be kind what would be a really simple thing that anyone can do really to really help someone that's in a bad situation feel better the basic philosophy in life you know that basically says face the fear and do it anyway 
Um, uh, you know, if you've got a broken leg or if you've just had a heart attack or whatever else, people will bring you casseroles. You know, probably too many casseroles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the broken leg. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll visit you and they'll yeah. sympathize. And they'll call and they'll you. Empathy for you and they'll embrace you. And, and, and it's lovely. I mean, I've been in that position, but I've also been in the position where I've been rejected and scorned. Um, and, and no one has visited me. No one has come near me, not even my own children. Uh, so, you know, that that's very difficult. And, and um, I, I think just like uh, um, my lady friend, she's actually become my best friend now, one of my best friends, uh, who bought me the flowers and we see each other regularly. We're going out for dinner next week. Uh, just something as simple as that. It wasn't a huge bouquet. It was just a few, uh, what do you call them, uh, gerberas? Yeah. Uh, they were lovely. They were, they were beautiful, only three of them. But, I mean, I nursed those gerberas. I gave them aspirins. I did all sorts of things. <laughs> 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 I've never heard of aspirin for gerberas, but I must, I must, did they have a headache? Yeah, well, it's supposed to, it's supposed to, uh, it's supposed to. I actually can see oh. that because it reduces probably inflammation and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I, I think it's a simple, I, I do honestly think it's a simple thing. I mean, I have a situation with my neighbour who was in a, in a position where where he was needing help and support. Now, I had a, a choice at that time uh, to, to take a, a, a judgmental approach, a critical judgmental approach, uh, and, and say, well, basically, I'm watching you and I'm going to report you if you put a foot wrong or whatever else, so I could actually help him and support him, get out of bed, take him to work when he's lost his licence and all that sort of stuff. It's about making a decision to make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. That's such brilliant advice. Do you want to expand, Andrew and Tracy? Yeah, sure. So coming back from Tasmania unexpectedly in 2000, I was all isolated from my networks there and um, had very few contacts with people left in Tasmania. Uh, I found just a simple card from a friend, Renska, who um, wrote to me maybe once every month and I'd write back to her. I wasn't up to the stage of talking on the telephone at any great length um, because of poor concentration and, and anxiety. But I really treasured those cards and the conversation. And then she came to visit um, with her family and that was just a wonderful time to catch up and show her around my parents' home where I was living at the time and go for a walk and have a chat. And it was just that simple act of keeping in touch with the card and she obviously took a lot of time and effort to make these cars and it was just wonderful. And it was just that communication of caring and being genuine. So I think she saw uh, a movie, A Beautiful Mind, to try and understand uh -huh. my background and where I was coming from. And she was one of the true fans that I had from Tasmania that, that kept in contact with me. That's a, that's another beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's so easy to do these things and it's not, yeah. it makes it reduces so many fears and but it makes people feel so good like I wish I knew more about this honestly 20 years ago but anyway yeah. Tracy yeah well I've lived in quite a, a few cities and increasingly so people do not look at each other mm -hmm. they walk past you go to the you know the, the the supermarket or the 
shopping centre, they walk past you and there's absolutely no connection or recognition of you. And so I think even just basically mm. acknowledging, uh, just it's just sometimes an instant moment mm. where you have a connect, connection where you can acknowledge someone through just looking at them and smiling mm -hmm. and it yeah. creates yeah. Um, that little bond of us yeah. you. That's um, a great thing. Yeah, uh, Hugh Mackay, I just interviewed him on the podcast. He's written a lot of books. He's got The Kindness Revolution. Yes, I've he, heard of him. Yeah, he, he calls it. Oh, yeah, you would yeah. have. He's he he calls what you just mentioned there, Tracy, incidental kindness. Yes, and that yes. how the more we do that together, it's like a muscle you build it, yeah. and the people that are happiest and living well, no matter what, are the people that are actually doing that too. Yes. So yeah. when they're actually saying hello to people in the morning, they're acknowledging other people. Yes. They're actually happy because they have the capacity to do that too. Yes. Yes. And I've noticed on my runs in. Brisbane on the river that there are a lot of lonely people because they're sitting on their own. I see a lot of people crying, mm -hmm. uh, people drinking very early on their own at a bench at 10, 11 o'clock in the morning and no one's sitting there next to them saying something like, do you need a chat? Do you know, people are afraid to do that, mm -hmm. afraid to involve themselves in other people's lives. But people are actually in those moments, actually wanting people to recognize them yeah, and see yeah. them because we know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I feel that people, are, uh, most people uh, are kind of super sensitive to what other people would think of them uh, and, and so they're afraid. They're, 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 they're just not brave enough to actually go and say, hi, how are you doing? And, and I mean, every time we go down the street, if we choose to employ an attitude of kindness with people around us, it affects everybody, even yeah. someone we're passing on the street I've often said to people, you know, they say, well, what can I do? And I say, well, give. And they say, well, I've got nothing to give. I said, yes, you do. You have your smile. You know, if you're walking down the street and you meet someone who's on their way to commit suicide and you smile and say, hi, how are you? You may very well have just saved a life, you know. I, I think that I want to really that is the ripple effect right there. Yes, yeah. so that, is that, that is a pebble, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the more we can do that, the I mean, we need to do this at a really rapid pace, don't we? Because our society is becoming very much fractured and individualized. Mm. So how many pebbles? You're going to give out 180 pebbles. Where are we up to? Uh, we had 16 um, to the Mental Health uh, Commission uh, just a couple of weeks ago. It was lovely. They, uh, we actually, they actually have our quilters you've referred to before we're about to take that back to them it's just been on display at the craft and quilt fair uh we're about to take that back that they put on a morning tea for us which was very very nice and we did an impromptu pebble presentation so we distributed 16 pebbles to them uh we distributed a further 54 at the event another six since then uh we have a uh so tell tell us the uh, on the mental health commission. Tell us what your goal is there and what you hope that they will do with your pebbles. What our goal is? Yeah, with, with the that. mental health commission getting pebbles. What would you hope they might do? I, I don't know whether this is appropriate to talk about here or not, but I was really touched when I uh, was speaking, uh, and I said that um, uh, talking about we're all equal. 
uh, were not all equal in terms of wealth or prestige or position or power or influence or anything like that. Uh, but we are all equal in terms of our common humanity and our personal human value. Uh, we uh, we have distributed the pebbles. They were delighted. But, you know, I went, I, I was talking about that, and I turned around and I saw tears in the eyes of the Mental Health Commission. And we with our pebbles, we have a, a little wine. There's a card with a little wine. I carry a pebble in my pocket. It's a beautiful blue, you see. It's there to remind me that we are equal, you and me. And, and, and that really did create a, um, a response, an emotional response on the part of the people, and that was very, very lovely. And I do know that they're putting them on their computers and carrying them in their pockets and doing all sorts of lovely things with these pebbles. That's lovely. You know, it's a, I've never seen a person who, because they have little pebbles, they've got little eyes on them, make them like, make them like little people. Mm. Uh, and, and so they're personal, they're personal pebbles. Uh, and so people can, you know, if they want to get their personal pebble, uh, they can help us arrange talks or speeches or whatever else. I've actually spoken to Josh from the Mental Health Commission uh, about the possibility of um, suggestions for audiences for us. Uh, and, of course, we will distribute our pebbles whenever there is an audience to. Yes. Uh, people, if they want to contact us, can contact us, as, as I said, on our website, www.yourbluephoenix.org. So, you know, it's working. It's already working. I have a pebble and my daughter now has a pebble. Mm. So um, part of this podcast is to take one of your that pebble and distribute it across three thousand cities. Virtual <laughs> 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 pebble. <laughs> well, we may have to we we, we may have to arrange to give you three thousand pebbles. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our aim is 180 for for uh, for 2024, uh, and uh, and and we're hoping we're hoping to exp to to uh, improve on that. You know, to have yeah. To so for anyone listening, um, if, and you want to get involved, you want to bring people with lived experience um, that have really created the difference. They're reducing stigma. Please invite them in. You can go to the yourbluephoenix.org website. Um, and contact Susanna and Andrew. They're very responsive on from their website. That's how I met them. We're very proud of it. We're, we're very proud of our project. Um, and and I, I, I am particularly delighted with the response that we're getting to our little pebbles, to our little pebble people, you know, particularly delighted with that. Yeah. And, you know, it's that there's those ripples, it's, we don't want to necessarily talk about the ripples, but it's the pebble, it's the conversation, it's having the conversation. And, and that can be hard, that can be tricky, that can be difficult, but it's necessary, particularly in the current climate. Worldwide. So you, do you mean the conversation around reducing stigma or the... Or the... I, I mean just being kind. I mean oh, just being kind. Yes. Just, that's a terrible just, thought that that's a difficult conversation. That really is great. 
That's crazy, isn't it, that we have to now have kindness conversations, which is yeah, really yeah. normally part of our natural social species humanity. I don't know. Just being aware that you are the pebbles, that you are the ones, and it's your word that is creating this pebble effect, and it can go out from there and it will affect everybody. I heard statistics at one stage of the game because I was married to an alcoholic that every alcoholic intimately affects four other people and indirectly affects 28 others. But if that's true of the alcoholic, it's also true of everybody else. And, and that is the impact that we're having. And whether we carry a negative impact or a positive impact, that's our choice. And that's what we have to choose to do. And sometimes it can be intentional. You may not feel like it, but you need to do that anyway. So uh, as we head to the close, uh, is there any other subject that you guys want to make sure everyone knows about when it comes to Blue Phoenix? Well, uh, we certainly would welcome uh, people who would like to know more about Blue Phoenix. Uh, once again, it's uh, our, the, you know, the approach is uh, via our website. We have contact details on that website. Uh, um, and I, I think it's important. I think it's really an important project. And and really, I, I, I am delighted with the responses. For instance, we're talking to you today, Selena, you know, and that is remarkable. Uh, we, we have just spoken uh, um, at a church event. That also is remarkable. Uh, and and um, we want to expand on that. We want to improve on that. We want to continue to drop these pebbles and to have to be instrumental in changing hearts and minds. Have you um, had any invitations from schools? No, like not it, yet. It well, like well, uh, 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 um, uh, uh, one of our members who's no longer with us at the moment has just recently presented at a school. Uh, um, uh, uh, independently of Blue Phoenix, but Blue Phoenix have not as yet presented to schools. And then with Tracy and your nursing background and Andrew's engineering background, don't you think those organisations? I Well, I, I was actually part of that um, and presenting to school. It's, it was to young people. Um, as Susanna said, it actually, even though I'm connected to Blue Phoenix, um, so that was part of art therapy because it's young people. You oh, of know, course, yeah. You know, so part of art therapy, but also storytelling. Um, and what's the response like when you do those? Uh, it was very good. I mean, it was a big thing for the school to have someone come in um, and to talk to about things, but it's so relevant to young people. You know, we were hoping to give people, like you, you were saying, give people tools so they can cope later in life or maybe in their present state because, you know, you don't know where people are at. Um, so I think that everyone needs tools and the, and the aspect of hope, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, and uh, what about hospitals? I think this would be really valuable in hospitals. Yes. Well, of course, that's always an option and um, it's something that we haven't pursued as yet. Uh, uh, we do have some links. Like I'm thinking first responders, police, uh, paramedics, uh, emergency rooms. Yeah, I, think, yeah. I think that conversation is really important mm, for people yeah. to change. 
because of the model is to look at the illness rather than the person, mm. uh, we need to help see the person first and then work out what's going on second. I think that would be a nice shift. In, That's in a little framework. bit of a difficult ask in, in hospitals and schools and police forces and ambulances and all that because they really have got a clinical bias. Uh, you know, they do have a... Um, pardon me for saying it, but they do have a clinical bias that, that seems to think that their their approach is basically the best approach and and it's about doing things for people uh, without doing things with people. Uh, so uh, we're not we're, I'm, I'm not suggesting that that that's not possible, but I am suggesting that it's not all that easy. I actually personally have approached. Uh, the police force and being told we've got the chaplains for that we don't need you so right interesting well pebble that seems like a good pebble we need to get <laughs> yeah i can already see five we need the police we need the hospitals we we need the counseling so we need everyone to get one we're still pebble. young we started we started out uh just prior to um uh, COVID. Uh, we we survived floods. We survived COVID. Uh, for a long time, we were restricted as to capacity limits, room limits. Well, thank you, uh, thank you for starting Blue Phoenix. Um, let's keep those. And it's it, you've had a big impact. I mean, the fact that the Mental Health Commission has got your quilt up is coming to all your events. Uh, that's a really big impact, right there. Not many people get to do that. Um, the fact they're listening is a really good thing, too. It's something big, in my opinion. It's really and, quite exciting, actually. Yeah, it is, because really that really is so needed. Mm. Um, we're going to make systemic change across the society, so it doesn't come easy, does it? Mm -hmm. um, but thank you for what everything you're doing. I look forward to seeing how the pebbles go, what what comes out at the end of 2024, what difference the ripples made. And maybe we can share some of the stories along the way. I think you're, I know you're going to be starting a podcast, but maybe you could put some of these stories of people like Tracy's story where she got a ripple and, you know, many others that uh, have changed their perspective, reduced their stigma, reached out to someone else and made a difference. Yeah. 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 Well, that's what we're all about. It's making a difference, uh, changing hearts and minds. Thinking differently, challenging the narrative, you know, hopefully changing that narrative, changing the conversation, as you like to say. You know? Yeah. So, um, Andrew, do you want to tell the people listening anything as you close out that you'd love them to know? That recovery is possible. Um, you might be in a very dark place at the moment with the walls caving in and thinking, well, how can I get out of here? But there is hope. Um, people do change and circumstances do change. And there are possibilities you may not know about that come about in the future just by persevering and persisting. And so they could reach out to uh, this. They, could, they can Google Stepping Stones. They can Google Blue Phoenix and find you too. That's right, yes. And Andrew McLean is the person there that you're hearing and Susanna Free and Tracy Bradford. So you can find those names too and, and connect in with them as well if you're feeling a bit anxious to go to something that you don't know anything about and you've heard their voices, you can reach them. So Tracy, do you want to finish out anything you'd like them to, to people to know about? 
Yeah, I think um, to know that there are people that can accept you and will accept you. And it's finding that place, you know, as the term goes, to belong. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, definitely keep keep going. There are there people uh, that you can connect with and uh, be friends with. Yeah. Fantastic. And Susanna, you get the last word. Oh, wow. Onwards and upwards. <laughs> <laughs> At 75. Don't tell me you're not retiring, are you? <laughs> no, not any time soon. That's, people that's need to one, understand. One of the things that people need to understand. You, people have to understand. You started this in your seventies. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's one of the things that motivated me in the first place. You know, was was uh, you know not liking the idea of being farmed out to pasture. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's many people out there that could really benefit from hearing what they could be doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the brain's amazing, isn't it? It's so powerful once you really activate it and you find your purpose and find the people you belong with and get connected and supported. The miracles really do happen in those spaces. That's what I see over and over and over again. And so people out there, the statistics are right now that one in three Australians are lonely. And loneliness mm -hmm. is very hard on you, like no matter how well you are or not, loneliness mm -hmm. is a big impact. So, and I think it's in the older age group and the youngest where this is the biggest statistic. Yeah. yeah. So um, joining in isn't if just if you are suffering or struggling, joining in is for all of us. For all of us, that's right. Mm -hmm. So and thank you. And it can prevent the mental illness happening in the first place. If you just reach out to your neighbour. Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast and I look forward to continuing the conversations as mm. we go forward and I enjoy to see your own podcast come to life as well with time. So thank you. Thank you, Selena. Thank you so much. We very much appreciate it. And we do like the concept of the thriving minds. We love the idea of thriving because we are kind of collectively beginning to thrive. Yes. And you can thank my husband for that <laughs> because I was calling it something completely different. <laughs> and he said to me, no, no one wants that, Selena. They want to be thriving. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yes, I think it is a far better name than what I, I'm, I'm, you know, crazy neuroscientist <laughs> thinking about this? the hard things. You know, people want brain health and things like that. But anyway. Oh, that's a beautiful concept. Oh, we're yeah. very blessed to know you. So thank, yeah. you. thank you. You're welcome. Lovely to meet you. Mm -hmm.